You are listening to a special edition of Spooky Storytime for Adults, a Prince George Public Library podcast. A podcast where we share true stories that were submitted to us from members of our own community. Stories about ghastly hauntings, unimaginable sightings, and everything else that may go bump in the night. Hello, I am Leslie. And I'm Daniel. In this episode, you'll hear first-hand encounters from a friend of the library who has some incredible stories to share from her time growing up in Whitsett, a community just four hours west of Prince George. We gratefully acknowledge that we conduct our work on the ancestral land of the Clately Tanay. Hello, Juanita. It's so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. We're very excited to have you. And I am hoping that you could tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name is Juanita Nicole, and I'm Witsowatin from Witset, BC, formerly Morristown, BC. And I've been living in Prince George since 2013, and I love it here. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> that always makes me happy. Um, as somebody who I grew up here and then moved away and then came back. Um, yeah, it always makes me happy to hear that people love Prince George. So we invited you here today because it is known that you are what somebody might call a believer. And I was wondering if there is an event uh, that made you a believer in the paranormal. Yeah, I think there were several events <laughs> that happened. Um, not all the same type of event, but there have definitely been some unexplainable experiences in my life that have made me a believer, yeah. Oh, very cool. Is there one in particular that stands out? One of my favorites, I think, is probably the alien story. Um, excellent. I also love the title, The Alien Story. It's very, very exciting. <laughs> in terms of our, what we absorb uh, as Canadian in terms of like culture and stories, we're, we're obviously heavily influenced by Hollywood and the United States. What do you think are Hollywood's biggest misrepresentations uh, of spirits or cryptids or aliens? I think the fact that they portray them as all bad in my culture, we don't think that spirits are necessarily all bad. Um, some of them could be um, like guardian angels or people who have passed on that have known you in this life or another. So they're not necessarily all bad. That's sorry, that's really interesting because as soon as you said that, I was trying to think of all of the movies I've seen or television shows. Um, yeah, and it's a very high percentage of menace. Yeah. yeah. Indigenous culture has such a rich history of legends. Many of them are involved, do involve mysterious creatures. Uh, is there any that you would like to tell us about? What comes to mind for me is when you encounter a cryptid or a skinwalker or a shapeshifter. In my culture, we believe that it's a bad omen and it's a messenger for you to write 
a course in your life that is going wrong. Mm. So it gives you a chance to uh, do better and be better. Wow, so it's it's actually a, a tool. Yes. Um, wow, that's really neat. To guide you back onto the right path, mm-hmm. whatever that might look like. For you, in your opinion then, does that please you to be told that you haven't seen one? It does please me. Um, <laughs> You're like, kinda, yes. Yeah, it kind of tells me that I'm on the right track. Yeah, or I haven't wandered too far from the track to oh. warrant a, a warning. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, there are other um, omens that we have, like shapeshifters, for example. Um, in my culture, we think that otters can be shapeshifters or any kind of... Um, animal that comes out of the water to try to lure you in Um, and owls there was a lot of legends about owls when I was growing up and just thinking about that today I kind of put together how owls have been described in alien encounters and um, in our legends our people would talk about owls taking you away and we would never see you again. And you can't go out at night or you can't uh, go outside to, to see an owl if it's somehow beckoning you outside. And in these legends, with some of them, the idea of that owl perhaps taking you away, do you think were those uh, literally taking you away? Or do you think were some of them metaphorical or maybe both? I th- it was always literal. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the effect of the legend was to instill fear in you so that you would listen to your parents and not try to you know go outside when it was late typically Mm. it was to keep you inside when it got dark outside but they did say there were times when owls would try to summon you outside during the day and not to go wow yeah oh my gosh um Sorry, that gave me chills a little bit. Do you happen to know if some Indigenous communities interpret different types of encounters? Well, yeah, I was. I heard from our friend that um, if you see lights, you need to stay away from them or not look at them because then you could get taken from the light. Mm. So. Oh, that's really interesting. Do, and do you know what community that was? A community around Ontario. The Great Lakes. Wow, that's really yeah. neat too. Um, yeah, because you think owls. Sorry, I'm just thinking of like owls in the forest. Yeah. yeah, it's dark and it's dense, and then perhaps yeah, lights over a lake where it's more open. Mm, but it's still very dangerous. And I found uh, in my research regarding aliens, a lot of people have described their encounters as seeing an owl. So. It just kind of makes me think maybe our elders were trying to protect us from something other than an actual owl. Right. I actually recently read a junior middle grade book trying to explore scary stories for children. Like, I, you know, I was just sort of seeing what's out there because I mostly read scary stories for adults. <laughs> and yeah, and it centered around owls. And I didn't realize how strong how owls were and in and, and stories and legends and, and everything. Yeah, we see them as a messenger. 
So if they cross your path, perhaps when you're driving or if you're uh, hiking somewhere, you just need to take a moment to stop and pray for your loved ones and pray for yourself and just make sure that everybody is okay. So this this is supposed to be a podcast about spooky things. Like this is what drove us here. But I, what I'm really getting from this is that in your culture, the earth and our world, it is there to communicate and to give you everything that you need to be well, to survive. And you just have to engage with it. It is, um, in my language, we say ewa hene, which means everything is connected. We have everything that we need. We just have to look for it. Yeah, you just have to be present and be open to receiving the messages. That's not scary at all. That's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, let's see if I can turn this around and get us scared again. All right. (laughs) I was wondering, would you be willing to tell us the alien story? Yes, absolutely. Do you mind if I read off of my notes? Oh, no, please. Okay. One evening in Whitset, I was about to go to bed, and I'm a stomach sleeper, so I was sleeping on my stomach with my head facing my window, and I didn't have any curtains up at the time. I couldn't find the proper curtains to go with my bedroom aesthetic, so I chose to go without it, and as soon as I closed my eyes, I could see a bright light shining through them so I assumed that it was one of my siblings turning on the light in my bedroom and I opened my eyes to to see what it was but it was actually a green light shining brightly through my window. At first I thought maybe it was something to do with our electricity because our power pole is connected to the corner of the house where my bedroom was so I'm on my bed and I'm kind of propping myself up on my arms to get a better view of what's happening outside and I can see a metal step suspended in midair in the middle of my bedroom window it's quite a large window kind of like a picture window for a living room but it was in my bedroom and when I got a better view of the step and I I realized what it was. I thought maybe it was BC Hydro sending a power line technician to come and check out our electricity. And this step was perhaps their ladder. So I'm kind of looking at their ladder, trying to figure out what's happening, wondering if I should get up and look out the window and talk to them. And um, and then I see a a foot come down onto the step but it's a barefoot and I start thinking well why is the power line technician bare feet well it's pretty late at night so there's got to be some explanation maybe their supervisor isn't with them and they're tired of wearing their boots from having them on all day. I'm thinking of all of these rationalizations and I see the other foot come down onto another step that I didn't recognize to begin with and then I realize that it's not actually a human foot. It There's something really off about it. So I start getting scared 
and before I know it the foot the other foot is stepping down into my room and it went right through my window as if my window wasn't even there oh my gosh sorry oh no oh my gosh okay (laughs) and it steps down onto my bedroom floor and the knees are bent backwards and the foot is facing away from me and then it kind of maneuvers itself under my window frame and then it stands up tall it looked like how people typically describe an alien being um, kind of beige kind of bony um, just really smooth not much to it so I was looking at the back of its foot and I went all the way up the back of its legs to its butt all the way up its back and when my eyesight reached the back of the neck I realized that it knew that I was looking at it and I knew that it knew that I knew that it was looking at it so with that exchange of information I I started having this terrible fear welling up inside of me and so I continued to look up the back of its head and at that moment it turned its head really quickly to make eye contact with me and as soon as we made eye contact I could see my eyelids closing. I literally watched my eyelids close in slow motion and I could feel my head dropping to my pillow in slow motion and I felt my head bounce twice. And when it landed on my pillow the second time, I braced my arms to push my body and my head back up instantly. And then as I was lifting my head up to look back at the window, um, all I could see was daylight. It was as if I had fallen asleep and woken up to broad daylight and it It happened in a matter of seconds. When I tell people my story, a lot of times they'll suggest that it was just a vivid dream. But I I know what it's like when I'm dreaming and I know what it's like when I'm awake. And I really truly feel that I was awake and that was an alien encounter and that I do remember it. So I immediately got up to look outside. I checked my window to make sure that it was locked, even though it came clear through the window that wasn't open. And then I went to check on my siblings because I was raising my four younger siblings at the time to make sure that they were safe. And they were all safe, they were all sleeping. Checked their windows in their bedrooms, make sure they're locked check their closets to make sure nothing was hiding in their closets and then I systematically went through my house checking every closet and door and window um, upstairs and downstairs and then I woke up the kids and I asked the boys to check their bodies for any markings rashes punctures and then me and my sister did the same and we didn't find anything and and we never saw anything of the sort ever again but that was a pretty scary experience and something that I think I'll remember until forever (laughs) yeah oh my gosh I 
Sorry, I was trying so hard <laughs> just to just to listen and take this all in yeah. and not to react uh, too strongly. Um, that is extraordinary. That is terrifying. I'm. I mean, I'm so glad that you and your siblings are safe because, yeah, that is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and you uh, you I think you also really kept your cool. I did. I um, there's no words that I could use to describe the terror that you feel when you see this creature that you've never seen before mm-hmm. making eye contact with you oh, in the surreal way that it moved so quickly and the exchange of information. It was. It was pretty unbelievable. Yeah. That, yeah, I remember it vividly. And I appreciate what you said when you say that when you tell the story, everybody's like, oh, it was nighttime, you were in your bed. It's a dream. Yeah. But you're a grown up. Yes. And you have been dreaming and awake your whole life. Yes. And you have great experience in both of those fields. Uh, yeah, and that, yeah, you can tell the difference. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I also really appreciate that you explain all the rationalizations that you went through, because I, mm-hmm. I think we do that as well. We see something, we experience something, and we immediately, especially when it's alarming, immediately try to categorize it. Yes. And, yeah, and give it an explanation. And everything you tried wasn't working. No. You're like, does this puzzle piece fit? No. Does this one? No. no. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, only a matter of minutes and... I had so many thoughts going through my head at that time to to try to understand what was happening and yeah nothing fit. Wow. And I actually posted my story on TikTok last night with the anticipation of coming here today and I found out that some relatives that we had rented our home to had a similar experience. In the same house? In the same house, in the same room. In the... No. Yes. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, no. no. So, okay. I'm sorry. Reacting very strongly. Um, are they safe? Are they okay? They're safe, yes. Okay. Okay. They moved out of our house okay. right after that happened, but yes, they were safe. It's almost like that house was like a like a station something I, I was gonna say I don't even like I don't know what they would be doing here um yeah I don't know like you always think of you know men in black when they <laughs> erase your memory and right I always wonder like why was I allowed to keep this memory because mm-hmm. or this experience why am I able to share this experience and not all of these other people that you know have have had encounters. Right. Does that make it, um, like, do you hesitate to tell these stories, knowing that um, you may not be believed? I know. I respect other people's opinion, and typically they'll respect my opinion as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That That makes me happy. We did a podcast last Halloween, and we asked for submissions from the community for uh, uncanny encounters, paranormal, like anything that was just kind of unsettling or different. And pretty much every submission that we got was, 
I don't really believe this, but, and then told this really incredible story, or, you know, they're like, or I'm not superstitious. I don't really believe in ghosts yet. And so I found that very interesting. Is, you know, it was important to them that they inform us that this wasn't really who they thought they were, yet they still had this incredible story that has impacted them uh, in such a way that, you know, they were even uh, willing to share it so that it could go on a podcast. So, yeah, there was an older gentleman in Morristown who was very skeptical about ghosts or Sasquatch or aliens or anything of the sort. And he encountered Sasquatch on his property. And that's how he started his experience as well is by saying, I, I don't believe in Sasquatch, but that's exactly what I saw wow. in my front yard. Wow. And so I've never seen Sasquatch or anything of the sort, but because I trust him so much, I can appreciate that there's something out there like that that I've I've never encountered. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I never have to encounter. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we, we might have, we still have time. You never know. Oh, boy. I used to be on the Morristown Volunteer Fire Department, and we actually had a Sasquatch call. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so did you have a protocol for that? Like, No, um, we responded as if it was a fire call. And uh, typically when we're getting suited up, our fire chief will tell us, it's this kind of fire, it's at this residence, this is what we're going to do. And then he'll name the people that are going to do their station, you know, whatever we're trained to do, and in what sequence. And he wasn't telling us anything. And his face was really white. And we kept asking him, who is it? Who is it? Because a lot of us are related on the reserve. Right. So there's a real fear. There is. And we thought that it was somebody that is really close to all of us and that there were there was bad news but he wouldn't tell us until we were leaving the station and he just said you're not going to believe this but we are responding to a sasquatch call and within 11 minutes we had 15 rcmp squad cars joining us in the search for sasquatch and i was kind of joking because i couldn't really handle the situation and I said, I don't believe in Sasquatch. And then I, at the same time, I'm looking for my door lock on the fire truck. And I'm asking, hey, chief, where's the door lock? Oh, these new trucks don't come with a door lock. So immediately I start putting on my seatbelt. I'm like, well, if there is Sasquatch, <laughs> if he is out there, he's going to have a hard time getting me out of this truck. So I'm putting on my seatbelt and hooking my leg into straps and what have you, because I, I felt so afraid that we were going to encounter the, the Sasquatch while we were looking through the forest with our searchlights. Absolutely. Going oh my five gosh. miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible time to learn about the door locks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, what made it even scarier was the amount of RCMP and how fast they responded to our reservation. So, wow. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I guess, it's, I don't know if you know this part, was the call like one of violence? Like there was like a threat? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I appreciate that everybody, regardless of what kind of precedent there was, what really mattered is a community member's safety. Yes. Yeah. And it was violent towards her. and It was trying to harm her and throwing rocks and being aggressive. That's very, very rude. Um, <laughs> I'm highly offended. <laughs> and and was she okay? She was okay. okay. She was really upset about it. And yeah. um, she received a lot of uh, scrutiny from people in our community and the surrounding communities. But she stands true to her mm-hmm. account and and good for her for looking out for her own safety and yeah and letting like it would be so easy to choose others over yourself and be like nobody's going to believe me or i'm going to be made fun of or they might not cut like and just choosing herself and her safety that's they're very brave in itself yes yeah yeah she's a brave woman yeah lovely now, one of the questions I have is, what is one of the most interesting stories you heard from someone else related to the paranormal? Do you, we've mentioned a few already. Did you have another one that you'd like to say? Yes. Yeah. One of the scariest things I've ever heard from a relative was that while she was sleeping in the living room at my grandma's house, she was pulled off of the couch by her legs. And when she woke up, she was still being pulled, but there was nobody there. And she could feel a hand gripping her ankles, but she couldn't see anybody. Hearing about that was really terrifying for me. So that's something that sticks with me. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's truly worst case scenario. It is. Because you... You can't do it. Like, if you can't see your attacker, yeah. you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And she was kicking her legs, trying to break free, but there was nothing she could really do until it let her go. I'm just going to ask this every time, no. Uh, but she was let go, and is she okay? Yes. Okay. I just, I have to make sure. <laughs> Many stories of paranormal encounters, such as a Bigfoot, a UFO, and ghost sightings, come from Morristown and the Smithers area. Why do you think there's so much activity that happens there? I think it's really remote, and a lot of the people there are very open-minded or intuitive. And just in my research of paranormal activity, I noticed that there's always a body of water and, you know, rock formations close by. And there's a lot of that in Witset or in Morristown. That's my theory. Uh, I like it. The remoteness, absolutely. Because I think um, as humans, we can be very disruptive. Yeah, so a remoteness, a calm, beautiful place uh, would draw many creatures, not just humans. Are there any topics or is there anything that you are skeptical about? I think Sasquatch, just because I haven't seen it or encountered anything that would remotely suggest Sasquatch, but just hearing stories from my mom and stories that my grandparents used to have and there was 
also uh, a researcher who came to take samples from our property, from a den on our property, and they were from U- UBC, and they um, collected fur from that den, and uh, they had to get my mom's permission because it was her property, so she had to sign paperwork to allow them to take this these samples from our property and they went to a den located behind our home and when they came back to the house they let us know that when you find a den in the forest typically it's used by all types of animals you know bears wolves deer rabbits and you'll find all of their fur all over the den and he said there was only one type of fur which they thought was pretty odd it's not typical of a, a den like it's it's used by everybody all different animals and the sample that they took um, they took it back with them and they tested it against all of the DNA that they had in their system and when they sent us back a report uh, it showed that there was no match for that DNA sample they couldn't find a match and they explained to us that they had every animal known to man on earth in their system and so the sample came back in conclusive wow how do how do you think they felt about that like that um, they wanted to come back and do more studies and um, they just needed her permission to be able to do that Wow. Yeah, and I, I haven't heard any more updates since then. But it ju- it does make me think that I probably shouldn't be so skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> I should be a little more open-minded with that information. I, yeah. I do think it's okay to to wait just in, you know just in case you know there's a study that's happening. You can just wait for the next update. You are I think you are an incredibly open-minded person, so <laughs> <laughs> don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So, Daniel and I talked about doing something sort of fun at the end just to get us uh, loose and happy again. Not that we're sad or scared, but, you know, for us, this podcast is a celebration of all things spooky and paranormal and, and the joy that can be found in that. So we wanted to maybe play a little game, Halloween or spooky, of of this or that, and then I have a would you rather question for you as well. Okay. You can just shout out your answers. Don't overthink it, just go with your instinct. Okay. Would you rather uh, explore a graveyard or an abandoned house? Um, an abandoned house. Okay. Um, would you rather do pumpkin carving or a scary movie night? Scary movie night. Uh, slasher film or thriller? Thriller. And when you're uh, this, I just realized we're creating a movie night with this this whole recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so I'm like, um, and while you're watching this thriller, would you rather have pumpkin spice or hot chocolate? Ooh, pumpkin spice. Me too. <laughs> uh, and do you prefer podcasts or books? I am fifty fifty, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I also listen to a lot of audiobooks. We should probably exchange uh, podcast recommendations. Like later. any true crime <laughs> yeah. podcasts. Yeah. I'm all about it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Me too. Me yeah. too. Uh, and I do, I have a, a would you rather question. So this is really tough. 
this is an impossible situation, but you do, I do ask you to decide. Would you rather have dinner with a vampire, but you might become the dinner, and you may or may not become a vampire yourself, or would you rather have dinner with any famous historical figure of your choice, but they are a ghost, and you would never be able to prove to anyone that you actually met them? I'm going to go with the vampire. <laughs> Excellent, excellent choice. <laughs> I've always been fascinated with vampires, and I respect them. <laughs> I I love that. I think that's the perfect place to end. Juanita, thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving us your time, your stories, um, your compassion. Thank you. It's been fascinating, interesting, wonderful to have you. Yes, you're welcome. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us in this special guest edition of Spooky Storytime for Adults. We would like to thank Juanita for sharing her time with us. And most of all, we would like to thank everyone who put their trust in us to share their stories over the years. We hope you enjoyed this year's episode and to see you again next year. Have a happy Halloween. Thank you for supporting the Prince George Public Library. If you have any stories you would like to share for us for next year's podcast or just have a program idea you would like to see, please contact us at 250-563-9251, extension 120.